At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast and got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Danny Vietti. He does a great job over there at CBS Sports with their MLB coverage. And on top of that, also does a nice job when it comes to his own podcast, Awake and Rake Podcast. You're able to find that podcast wherever you get this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. list goes on and on. So we're going to have a quality chat with him in the second segment. Taking a look at how, as of right now, the National League West has every single team above 500, how they've been able to do so. Dive a little bit into the San Diego Padres. Good start to the season. Take a look at other teams that have been a little bit hot towards the beginning part of the season. And on top of that, we're also going to be looking at a few teams that have some upside as well and taking a look at why we've been seeing a little bit more scoring the last week in the MLB season as well. So we're going to have that chat in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we're going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. You do have one of two ways to be able to this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at junit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. Size per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Really didn't get in a lot of Twitter questions today, but I know that yesterday was Mother's Day, so a little bit belated, but 
Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and just all the women in general out there. Hopefully you guys wound up having a tremendous day and hopefully you were able to make a little bit of money off of this Mother's Day as we wound up seeing quite a few unders in Major League Baseball on Sunday. So let's take a look back at what we wound up getting. Tried to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Wound up seeing a trio of doubleheaders and wound up seeing a lot of them pretty much go split a rooney as the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets did so. Game 1 wound up going to the Phillies by a count of 3-2. Man Max Scherzer winds up allowing three runs over the course of six innings. To his credit, despite giving up 10 hits, he was able to eat those innings as going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies off of him. Bryce Harper is sixth home run of the season. From there, he did wind up having Joey Rodriguez and Adam Adovino both give you a score of the setting out of the bullpen, but not a lot doing for the bats as Kyle Gibson winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings and then a bullpen that has been very shaky. Trio of good performances here. Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, and Corey Knable all able to give you a scoreless setting. And then in game two, the Mets wind up being able to get their revenge. 6-1 to the final. It looked like it was going to be Zach Eflin who was going to get the start. And then he wound up landing on the COVID list. So instead, one Christopher Sanchez got his first career start and didn't go well. Giving up two runs over the course of two and a third innings. Going deep off of him, Pete Alonso for his sixth home run season. Then a few innings later. Pete Alonso would get his seventh home run season off of Nick Nelson, who gives up three runs in two and two-thirds innings. So I guess Nelson got half of the brunt of Pete Alonso for a half Nelson. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. And then from there, you do wind up having Andrew Bellotti give up a run in an inning, and then Cutter Rogdon, Pride, and James Norwood. They're all able to give you a scoreless setting and just not doing for the Phillies' bats in this one. Chris Bassett, Adam Hook, Lion, and Sinker giving up a solo home run over the course of his five and two-thirds innings, taking him deep. Mean Gene Segura's third home run of the season. Jason Shreve gives you far outside the bullpen, and then Drew Smith and Seth Lugo, both able to give you a scoreless setting. You wind up having the Kansas City Royals and the Baltimore Orioles put their double dip as Royals wind up taking game one by a count of six of four as did not wind up having any home runs in this game, but three of eight with men in scoring position for the Kansas City Royals to be able to get it done. And for Zach Ranke, he gives up ten hits and five and two-thirds innings, but only two runs. You then wind up having from there two runs and one and a third innings given up by Colin Snyder, Taylor Clark, and Scott Barlow from there. Able to give you a scoreless eighth and ninth innings as the Orioles. Four runs on 15 hits, which is really, really hard to do, by the way, as Jordan Lyles gives up four runs, two of which were earned over the course of seven and a third innings. Was hurt by... Pretty much two errors out there in the field, and then Ore Lopez winds up having his own error, so he winds up giving up two runs, but neither of them are unearned because of his own throwing error, which gotta be able to credit these to the pitcher because the run scored on his error, but with that said, wound up going one and a third inning, CNL Perez was able to give you an out at the bullpen as well, but the Royals able to get it done in game one with that performance, and then in game two, the Orioles able to get their revenge. They scored four runs once again, but in this one, they only gave up two to the Kansas City Royals. Four to two, the final as Daniel Lynch winds up giving up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of his three and two-thirds innings. Joel Payampas, he winds up giving up a run and one and a third innings, but he did wind up having Gabe Spear be able to give you two scoreless innings, and Dylan Coleman winds up giving you a scoreless inning as well as for the Orioles. He did wind up having Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on the end as Zimmerman give up two runs over the course of six innings. Keegan Aiken, two scoreless innings, and then Dylan Tate. He winds up being able to give you a scoreless inning as well, and if you're keeping count right now with regards to game two of doubleheaders, I believe we've seen two overs this season, and there's a trend that wound up continuing in the Rangers versus the 
Yankees doubleheader as the Rangers wind up taking game two by count of four to two as for the Rangers, Brad Miller is able to get his third home run of the season, then Eli White is first of the campaign. White winds up going deep off of one, Jordan Montgomery. And for Montgomery, he winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings. The other one was allowed by Michael King, who gave up two runs while getting one and a third innings. Wandy Peralta winds up being able to give you one and two-thirds innings scoreless. And in this one for the Yankees, really the lone form of offense, Giancarlo Stanton, sixth home run season that comes off of Glenn Otto, who gives up two runs over the course of five innings. And a bullpen that has been a little bit up and down, pretty solid. Brett Martin... Joe Barlow, along with Garrett Richards, will give you scoreless settings, and then Matt Moore and Dennis Santana, able to combine for a scoreless setting of their own. The Sunday night baseball game wound up going to the Dodgers as they take down the Cubs by a count of 7-1. Marcus Stroman, a late scratch in this one, so Justin Steele wound up getting the start in, and he wasn't as... Hardest steal, but he wasn't bad. Gives up two runs over the course of four innings, and then from there, Michael Rucker gives up three runs in three innings. That wound up being the main bugaboo, as he did wind up having Daniel Norris winding up giving up nothing in his inning. But then Adrian Sampson, who used to pitch over there in the KBO, two unearned runs over the course of an inning, was hurt by Nico Horner fielding error. And for the LA Dodgers, Walker Beeler was on his game, giving up one run over the course of seven innings. Evan Phillips was able to give you a scoreless inning, and then Robbie Erlin. He was able to perform for a scoreless setting as well as the Dodgers are now finding themselves at 19-7. And, and take a look at the Dodgers on the road thus far this season. They have been quite stellar as the road record now sits at 9-5. and five. So they're able to get it done there. Another team that was able to get it done, the Atlanta Braves. DK Nation pick was the Atlanta Braves and gets there very, very easily. 9-2 to the final as for the Milwaukee Brewers here in Ashby. Got the start, and, well, it was not a good one. Gives up six runs over the course of four innings. Going deep for the Atlanta Braves off, off of him was Adam Duvall. Winds up getting his second home run season. Then John Del Gustave winds up giving up a home run to one William Contreras. His third home run season as Gustave gives up three runs over the course of an inning. You did wind up having Brent Suter give you two scoreless innings and Hobie Milner a scoreless inning as well. And then for the Atlanta Braves, Charlie Morton, he was very, very fine like the steakhouse. Five scoreless innings. You did wind up having Tyler Magic give up two runs over the course of an inning, but Com Q, Darren O'Day, along with Will Smith. They're all able to come in. They're all able to give you a scoreless inning. The day started out with the Boston Red Sox being unable to hit. The man that has been very, very hittable in Dallas Keuchel, 3-2. White Sox are able to get it done, and the White Sox now have won five straight games as Keuchel. He gives up eight hits over the course of six innings, but only two runs, so... Boston wound up missing some opportunities, going 1 of 11 with men in scoring position, and Tanner Elk wound up getting the 11th hour starting this one in place of Michael Waka. Gives up three runs in two and a third innings, and then from there, the bullpen was actually really good. Austin Davis, Ansel Robles, Tyler Danish, Jake Diekman, Matt Stram all give you a scoreless inning, including Diekman being able to strike out the side, and Eric Cazasado Mora is able to give you four outs without giving up anything, but... Problem was, they couldn't hit Dallas Keuchel, and then you wound up having the bullpen of Ryan Burr, Matt Foster, Jose Ruiz, and Bennett Sousa all be able to come in, combine for three scoreless innings. You did wind up having the Cincinnati Reds win for the second time in three games, which I don't think we're going to be seeing that very often. 7-3 the final. For the Reds, they were able to put up a five spot in the sixth inning to be able to put it in there. And for Zach Thompson, I mean, a good start. Five scoreless innings and then a bullpen that has actually been solved for the Pirates. And Dylan Peters coming into Sunday, he had the most scoreless innings of any player out there in baseball. Gives up four runs and doesn't wind up getting 
a single out as Eth Embry. He winds up giving up a home run in his inning of work. And then Chase DeYoung, he winds up giving up two runs over the course of his two innings. And both of those home runs for the Reds. Colin Moran wound up belting them out. His first and second of the season. Tyler Molly, not a great, not a terrible start. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Michael Perez for Perez. His first home run of the season. And then you wind up having a home run for Brian Reynolds. His fourth of the campaign. That winds up coming off of Dowdy Moretta. Moretta winds up giving up that home run over the course of an inning but Art Warren, two scoreless settings, and Hunter Strickland able to give you a scoreless setting as well. The Cleveland Guardians wind up squeaking one out against the Toronto Blue Jays by a count of 4-3 to three as Blue Jays wind up getting up 2-0 to zero early in this one, but this Blue Jays offense just has not been firing in all cylinders recently. They have scored three runs or fewer in, I believe, out of their last eight games, just two of them, so that's been a little bit of an issue for them, for the Blue Jays. You did wind up having the team go 2-8 of eight with Ben in scoring position and Alec Manoa. Manoa, what? Not great, not terrible. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Emi Garcia was able to give you one and two-thirds innings scoreless to Mazza, though. He gives up a run in an inning, and as a matter of fact, it was a solo home run they allowed to Owen Miller a third home run season. Then you did wind up having the deciding run given up by Adam Simber. Goes a third of an inning giving up that run and for the Cleveland Guardians. You did wind up having Connor Pilkington get his first career start. Gives up two runs over the course of three and two-thirds innings, but bullpen at its back as Brian Shaw, Emmanuel Classe, both able to give you a scoreless inning, and Eli Morgan is super long relief. Three and a third innings, winds up giving up just one run. The Minnesota Twins take down the Oakland A's by a count of four to three, and for the A's, they have scored three runs or fewer in 12 out of their last 15 games. They do wind up going to a seventh man in scoring position, but Dalton Jeffries wound up getting it pretty hard in this one, giving up four runs over the course of five innings. No walks for him, but certainly was allowing a lot of base runners in general. It's Chris Paddock. Short day for him, giving up three runs in two and a third innings. From there, Cody Sashek, two and two-thirds innings scoreless. And yeah, Joe Smith, Ty Duffy, Emilio Pagan, along with Caleb Theobar. All be able to give you a scoreless setting. So the Minnesota Twins, in total, six and two-thirds innings scoreless on the bullpen. And the A's bullpen wasn't bad either. Domingo Acevedo, Adam Kolarik, they were able to combine for a scoreless setting. And then Danny Jimenez, Justin Grimm both give you a scoreless setting. So that was another under to be allowed to the pile. For the Detroit Tigers, they helped out with the under because they didn't score at all against the Houston Astros. 5-0 of the final. Only thing that was a little bit strange in this one, Christian Javier was getting some starts. He comes out of the bullpen in this one, and he was terrific. Gave up one walk, five punch-outs, no hits in three innings. Jake Odorizzi got the start, and he too was terrific. One hit, give it up in five innings, no runs. Hector Neres winds up being able to close things out with a scoreless inning, but... He did wind up seeing the wholesale approach taken by the Detroit Tigers, and it's a little bit rough as Willie Peralta does not wind up giving up any runs in two innings, but did wind up walking three, and then Drew Hutchinson in long relief gives up four runs over the course of two innings, including Omer. That one wound up coming off the bat of Elamendi's Diaz, his second home run season, then Alex Bregman gets his fifth of the campaign. That one winds up coming off of Joey Menes, who winds up giving up a run in an inning. Will Vest gives you two scoreless settings, and Jacob Barnes a scoreless setting. This comes off of a Tigers bullpen that coming into the weekend at the number one bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. The LA Angels are far from the number one bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues, but they come back against the Washington Nationals by a count of five to four as the Nationals were up two runs going into the bottom of the ninth inning, and then they made like your buddy at the bar, and they could not close. Dan Rainey, who wound up having a north of 70 ERA, wound up coming in to try to close this one out, and he gave up three runs over the course of two-thirds in an inning with Shoyo Otani and Anthony Rendon coming up with some big hits as Eric Fetty Wap. 
He gave up five walks in five innings, but no runs. Josh Rogers from there gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Kyle Finnegan got five outs without a long run in the bullpen. And then Austin Volt was able to give you a scoreless setting as well. But for the Nationals, they left some runs out there as well. Three of 13 with men in scoring position as Patrick Sandoval. Not his greatest start. Three walks, seven hits given up in five and two-thirds innings with three runs allowed. Oliver Ortega gives you an inning giving up a run, but it was Aime Badia who wanted giving you two scoreless innings, and Mike Myers wanted getting it out of the bullpen. That was able to get it done for an Angels team that is now 19-11. and 11. So Angels have really been able to light it up, and this is an Angels bunch that has been able to do a very solid job just in general of being able to pull out these close games. So got to give them a lot of credit. Got to give some credit to the Slam Diego Padres as well. They, too, wound up going into the bottom of the ninth inning. Down two runs, and they're now 19-10. and 10. We're going to talk about them a little bit more with Danny Vietti, but 3-2, to two, they are able to get the job done. And for the San Diego Padres team, they've been able to do a pretty stellar job with their pitching thus far this season, as you did wind up having in this one a solid serve from Joe Musgrove. He does wind up giving up two runs over the course of seven innings. In his six starts, he has won at least six innings at every one of them. Only pitcher in the big leagues that has been able to do so. Now the home run came off the bat of Jazz Chisholm. Fifth home run season, and Trevor Rogers, who to this point of the season was having a rough go of it. He goes five scoreless innings. Anthony Bender was able to give you a scoreless inning. Anthony Bass, Stephen O'Kurt, they combined for two scoreless, but then Cole Solzer in the ninth inning. Two-thirds of an inning, giving up three runs, including the walk-off bomb to Jorge Alfaro. Three runs shot, second home run of the season for him. So Miami wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it. He also wound up having a rough go of it for the Tampa Bay Rays. They wound up losing to the Seattle Mariners 2-1 in the Major League debut of George Kirby. He was amazing in this one for the Mariners. I think their regression is going to be coming in, but six scoreless innings as the Tampa Bay Rays. Not a lot doing on offense. They did wind up getting a home run off of Eric Swanson, Manuel Margot. He was able to get his third home run season at Swanson. Gives up that run in an inning. But you did wind up having Drew second rider, Paul Sewell, and Andres Munoz. So I'll be able to give you a scoreless inning. And then for the Tampa Bay Rays, Ryan Yarbrough. Typically, we wind up seeing an opener come in from, and throughout his career, he's had an ERA about a point and a half lower coming out of the bullpen rather than being a starter. But five scoreless innings from him. Ralph Garza Jr. is able to give you a scoreless setting. Jason Adam a scoreless setting for a Braves team that entering into this night, they were 9-3 and three in road games this season. But Andrew Kittrich winds up giving up a run in his two innings of work. And then Matt Weisler winds up giving up the man that starts on second base in the 10th inning to cause this one to be an L. You wound up having absolutely no scoring whatsoever from the Colorado Rockies in the desert. 4-0. Arizona is able to get it done as Urban Marquez wound up getting a little bit lit up in this one. Four runs, three of which were earned, given up in six innings. 6.47 ERA for him, so it's been a little bit tough. Ty Block, Carlos Aceves, they were able to do a solid job with scoreless innings, but for the Colorado Rockies, they wound up having two errors and five hits in this game, and that was it as Zach Gallon just stymied them. Seven scoreless innings, 0.95 ERA now for Zach Gallon. He has been absolutely amazing for this team as the team, I believe, has now only lost one of his starts. So every time he's taken the mound, the team has been solid. Noe Ramirez along Joe Manette Tipley. They combined to be able to give you two scoreless innings to be able to get that one done. And now in that series, you wind up seeing all three games wind up going under the total. And for the years under the Diamondbacks, they actually were a little bit of an over team prior to that series. So going to be interesting to gauge them moving forward and going to be interesting to gauge the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward as the San Francisco Giants with Jacob Junis on the mound. Get it done by a count of 4-3 to three as Dakota Hudson does wind up giving up three runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings, including home run going deep off of him. 
Lamonte Wade Jr., fresh off the injured list, first home run of the season, then Mikey Stromsky gets his second home run of the campaign. That comes off of one Genesis Cabrera, who winds up taking the loss, giving up a run and an inning. This is for a Cardinals team that, going into the weekend, they were in the top 10 with regards to bullpen ERA. They are not that right now. C.J. McFarlane winds up giving you an out out of the bullpen. Andre Pilati along Giovanni Gallegos. They were able to give you a scoreless setting, and you did wind up having a home run in this one from the young Juan Yepes, he was able to get his first home run of the campaign. That winds up coming off of Mr. Jacob Junis, who he winds up giving five innings in this one, giving up two runs, including that homer, Dominique Leon. He does wind up giving up a run in an inning, but took the win as John Breba, Camilio Duvall, Zach Liddell, all able to give you scoreless innings. So the St. Louis Cardinals, a team that has been very fascinating all season long, is now been on a little bit of an over-binge as in this one, I believe that a lot of places wind up having this close at an 8, so you were able to get an under here, but St. Louis Cardinals, you take a look at them throughout the last month or so, they certainly have been a little bit more of an over-team out there in the big league, so it's going to be interesting to be able to gauge them moving forward, and it's going to be really interesting to just gauge all the action that we are getting right now, because you take a look at Major League Baseball in the year-to-date, it certainly has been a little bit of a favorite palooza thus far as favorites. They're hitting at a little bit over 60%, 249 and 160 straight up, that is 60.9%, but if you take a look at the run line for favorites, they've only been able to win 186 times, so 63 games in which favorites have won straight up, they've won by just one run to not be able to cover the run line and a lot of times it's been the home teams as the away favorites on the run line so being able to win by multiple runs 75 and 74 they've won straight up 89 times so they've covered the run line in all but 14 of their wins so certainly it is a case in which a lot of home favorites are winning by one run and right now we've got a clip in which unders hitting at 55.3%, 215 unders, 174 overs. We wound up seeing a little bit of an overday on Saturday, and then we wound up seeing on Sunday a little bit more of an underday as you wound up having just five out of the 18 games in total wind up going over the total, though. I do think we wound up having three pushes in there, so it wasn't as many unders as you might expect, but still quite a few. But even with that, over the last seven days, we have seen a couple more overs than unders thus far. It's been relatively 50-50, so it does seem like things are starting to even out a little bit more with regards to totals, and things are more than even. They are a big plus when we wind up getting this man on the podcast. Andy Vietti, he does a great job with the Wake and Rake podcast, also CBS Sports. Coming next, we're going to be looking at the National League West. We're going to be looking at a couple teams that you think could be able to pop as the season goes along, and we're also going to be chatting a little bit more about the runs and the fact that we're seeing a few more of them. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Dave Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. 
You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guest, as Danny Vietti, doing absolutely terrific work over there at CBS Sports. He also does a great job with the podcast of his own, the Wake and Rake Podcast. You're able to find that where if you find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. So he is doing absolutely amazing work over there. He is out there on the West Coast, much like myself, in the great state of California. And to be able to follow Danny on Twitter, that is at Danny Vietti. Last name is spelled V-I-E-T-T-I all together. And Danny, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Happy belated Mother's Day, depending on when you're listening. Oh, absolutely. Moms are awesome. And you know what else is awesome? Being able to see what we've all been able to get out of the San Diego Padres this season. They were down 2-0 to zero in the ninth inning on Sunday. They wind up coming back and being able to get a walk-off win. Now, I think that we both agree Padres have had a little bit of a easier schedule to begin the season, but 19-10 and 10 is 19-10 and 10 without Fernando Tatis Jr. It's very impressive. What have you seen out of this team thus far this season? Because I feel like they've been one of the more pleasant surprises in baseball thus far. Oh, no doubt about it. I will say this. Their strength of schedule hasn't been great. They've beat up on the Cincinnati Reds. We all know how the Reds are this season. Uh, they are the worst team in baseball. They've had two series against Cincinnati. They've played Miami. They have beat up on the bad teams, which is good. They've played in Arizona, and actually Arizona is kind of going on a run here, but was skidding to start the season. Beating up on some bad teams, and I hate to condemn them for it, because that's actually what that was their Achilles heel last season. They did a pretty good job against the Dodgers. Decent job against the Giants, some of your top teams last season, and they really struggled against teams like the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, especially in the latter half of last season. So they're doing, obviously, a better job in that aspect, which is great for them, but they have been under 500 against the Giants and Dodgers so far this season, albeit a small sample size. To be able to be where they're at in second place in that division, winning this many games without Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, it's been pretty spectacular to watch. What Profar has been able to do to help fill that void, Manny Machado, in my opinion, is your early season MVP. He's been the best hitter in baseball, probably him and Nolan on auto and Jose Ramirez as well. So a very good start for San Diego. I just want to see them do it against some better teams because, like I said, their schedule has been pretty weak so far. 
Oh, yeah, no question about it. It has been a case of which the Padres, they've been quite fortunate with that schedule, but also been very impressive to see what Mackenzie Gore has been able to do. Aside from that one bad start that you Darvish wound up having against the Giants, he's looked a little bit resurgent as well. So it has been a nice start to the season. And speaking of the Giants, I do think that what we're getting out there in the National League West is very intriguing because the Giants are towards the bottom of the division. And I mean, to say that the Giants have been playing great this season would certainly be a stretch, but I mean, they're far from terrible at 16 and 12. And yet they are three and a half games out of first place with the Arizona Diamondbacks and dead last, despite the fact that they are above 500. I can tell you right now, obviously it's a small sample size, but I didn't think that we'd be sitting here in May with all five teams in the National League West above 500, and it's legitimately been the best division in all of baseball to this point. It's stacked. I mean, we knew Padres, Giants, Dodgers, obviously, much alike last season. But, I mean, shoot the Rockies last season. Uh, a lot of people are surprised, and I'm not going to sit up here and say I knew the Rockies would be where they're at a month, a little bit more than a month into the season. But they had the third best home record in the National League last season. So we know what they are capable of at Coors Field. It's really winning games away from Coors Field that's going to be their biggest, uh, the, the biggest hurdle for them. So that'll be kind of a wait-to-see deal. But the Diamondbacks, Brent Strom, pitching coach that they hired, spent a lot of his years over in Houston, changing the careers of guys like Charlie Morton, was able to help Garrett Cole become a Cy Young contender. His resume speaks for itself. Now he takes over as a pitching coach with Arizona. Now you got guys like Merrill Kelly dealing, Zach Gallen hitting his stride. We all know the talent he possesses, but now he's been able to show it off consistently. And Madison Bumgarner is having a nice uh, resurrecting season so far as well, as long as he's not getting his palms touched for, for too long by Dan Blandino. So a hell of a job by Brent Strom and, and his ability, whatever he's doing down there as the pitching coach down in Arizona, it's working. And he's got the special sauce right down there. And that pitching staff deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, the entire National League West has been having some absolutely spectacular pitching thus far this season. It has been great to see as we do have Danny Vietti joining me on the podcast. Does a great job over there with the Wake and Rake podcast along with CBS Sports. And I think that we will both be in agreement as well. What we've noticed the last week, week and a half of the season, ever since the calendar has turned to the month of May, we've been noticing a little bit more scoring. A big storyline from this season has been the dominance of the pitching and thus far this season, rightfully so. But I do take a look at things, and I think that they're starting to iron out. I think a little bit was too made as to whether or not something was done to the ball or not. And I think that it was just a case in which you did wind up having a truncated spring training. You wound up having two extra bullpen arms for most of these teams to start out the season. Now we're back to 26 guys. Weather is starting to warm up a little bit as well. So I think that maybe it was a little bit too overreactionary as to what wound up happening in April. I think that there were more logical explanations other than the ball wound up getting deadened by like fivefold or something like that. And now I feel like things are starting to normalize. I hope so. Um, I do feel for the players because the transparency just has not been there in regards to the actual substance of the baseball. The players that I've talked to so far, they're just not happy about how Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball has, has gone about it. A lot of the players are saying that you're getting more balls thrown away because they have dents in them. So the baseballs are significantly different. And I think they'd be okay if the baseballs were being changed as long as it was open and that communication was there. But the lack of communication and the lack of transparency is really what's rubbing the players the wrong way. And that's got to improve. But to your point, hitting is getting better. We are seeing a little bit warmer weather. 
that will certainly help things. You mentioned the condensed spring training. That obviously impacted this early month here. Hitting will come along. And I think, too, that National League teams are going to get a little bit more comfortable with the designated hitter. Um, they're kind of using it so far as a spot to give guys days off. And so I think as the season goes on, managers will get their own strategies when it comes to the DH. They'll have a little bit better of an idea of how to use it to their strength, that designated hitter role. Because it goes without saying, the National League obviously has never had a designated hitter. So managers are still figuring out how to implement it to their advantage. And I think managers will be able to figure that out as the season goes on. And trust me, you don't need to tell me twice to say that Rob Manfred is not necessarily doing the world's greatest job <laughs> of being able to help some of these guys out. And I'm right there with you. I think that most people would be able to accept a little bit of a change with the baseball as long as you just let them know what was up rather than making it all secretive. Why they wind up making it so secretive, I am not necessarily sure, but certainly it seems so. Maybe the fact that it was completely dead might have been a little bit overblown, and now we're seeing the fact that we are getting more runs, a little bit more hitting in general, starting to pick up. That is a very good sign as well, as we do have Danny Fietti joining me on the podcast. And when I take a look forward to what we're all going to be getting this week in general, I do think that we have some intriguing series. And I'm very fascinated to see what's going to be going on in this one that's going to be starting on Monday between the White Sox and the Guardians because White Sox got off to a cataclysmically bad start to the season. Now they've been able to run off five straight wins. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they're right now sitting here at 500, and they've actually been one of the better offensive teams in the league. They're hitting as a collective right around 225. They just wound up taking the last two games against the Blue Jays, and I don't think that the Guardians are going to be sitting here when it's all said and done at like 90 plus wins or anything like that. But I take a look at this American League Central and I think it's an intriguing division with the Twins right now leading the way. White Sox got off to a slow start. They're starting to pick it up. We were expecting perhaps a little bit more out of the Tigers, but the Cleveland Guardians are a team that I think that this 14 and 14 pace on pace to be right around 500. That's pretty realistic for them. I think you're absolutely right. There's some truth to that for sure. And you mentioned the Tigers, definitely disappointing start for them. Last season, they actually had more months with a winning record than they did have months with a losing record. And so for that reason, along with guys like Spencer Torkelson coming along, Riley Green, although he was, of course, injured in spring training, and they're hoping that he's able to come back rather soon. They have a lot of top prospects that are up and coming. And you had a pitching rotation with guys like Casey Mize. He also got injured, but Tarek Skubel. You had some guys and you pick up free agents like Tucker Barnhart, Eduardo Rodriguez. Tigers had some optimism going into this year. To have uh, to see them have such a slow start has been a bit disappointing, to say the least. Maybe Mickey's all of his accomplishments has been a bit of a distraction. Maybe I don't I, I don't know what's going on up up there in Detroit, but definitely disappointing there. The Twins, it's as simple as if Byron Buxton is healthy, that team's going to compete. That rotation deserves a lot of credit too. I don't think anybody saw Dylan Bundy having. He did have a a, a bit of a rough start against Oakland his last time he toed the slab but uh before that start he was having a season despite a lack of velocity so that pitching rotation deserves a lot of credit Sonny Gray looked very good in his start his first start since coming off the IL so that rotation is kind of sneaky you mentioned the White Sox if they can just get healthy they're going to have Lance Lynn coming back in about a month two months uh, after his knee surgery Eloy Jimenez is on the shelf right now they just need to stay healthy because they have all the talent in the world. They dealt with injuries last year to their outfield, their catcher, and Yasmani Grandal. They need to stay healthy because they have all the talent in the world. And the ceiling for them is as high as anybody's. 
I totally agree with you. I do think that there is a lot of potential out there with a lot of these American League Central teams, and I'm so glad that you brought up Byron Buxton as well because when I take a look at guys that are just critical to their team, obviously I think number one is Mike Trout. That goes without saying, but when it comes to number two, I think you could honestly make an argument for Byron Buxton because whenever he's been out of the lineup for the Twins, and I mean, let's call it what it is, he's dealt with quite a few injuries throughout his career. The Twins have really struggled. Whenever Byron Buxton is out there, this is a playoff team, and I think that if Byron Buxton is able to play 125-plus games, he might be able to find himself in the American League MVP conversation. He's having that sort of a year when he's out there. Yeah, a crazy set that I kind of looked up a couple weeks ago when he got injured, and I don't have it in front of me right now, and it's not updated because it's probably increased since that time. But if you look at his wins above replacement among American League outfielders since 2020, it's top five in the league, and that's despite him playing about 40% of the game. Like, that's ridiculous, the amount of production and impact that he has on his team. For him to play 40% of the games, I'll leave the opinion of war up to uh, to each of their own, but to have that much of an accumulation of wins above replacement while only playing 40% of the games, that kind of shows you the impact he has on his team. Carlos Correa going down is obviously going to hurt the protection behind him, but you know what? They've had a hot start. If he can come back and be healthy and Buxton stays healthy, you know, who knows? They can obviously surprise some people. They've already done so, so far. Yeah, they certainly have been able to. It's been a good year for the Twins. And as you mentioned, with guys like Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, some of the guys that we might not have thought a ton about, a little bit of cast-offs with regards to the starting rotation, they've been able to come through as we do have Danny Vietti of CBS Sports joining me right here on the podcast. And through the first little bit over a month of the season. Have there been any other teams that have really stood out to you, whether that be for the positive or the negative? Because we've hit on the NL West and how great that division has been. We want to just talk about the Minnesota Twins, their start to the year. Is there a team or two that you take a look and you think that they should be doing better slash worse than what they have been to this point? Well, I'm glad you asked this, actually, because we did a buy or sell type thing on the last Wake and Rake pod. We talked about the Marlins and the Mariners. And when we did that episode, it was earlier this last week, and they were both really hot. It was right after a series against one another, actually. And the Marlins were in second place in a stacked National League East, and the Mariners were on the heels of the Angels. And, of course, this last week, the Mariners struggled against the Rays, and then the Marlins struggled against the Padres as they're hitting a big-time road trip. So, of course, as soon as Will and I both were buying into the Marlins and Mariners, They start to hit the skids. That said, I really like this Marlins rotation. When you have guys like Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Eliezer Hernandez, I mean, that rotation is disgusting. And we already know the ability for the Mariners or the young talent that that team possesses. And then if you guys, uh, they have guys like Julio Rodriguez, Kalenic has really struggled so far. If they can get their young guys to get a little bit of confidence instilled within them, and finally go on a run and try and get over that hump, uh, I think the sky's the limit for those two teams. It's just kind of getting on that roll. They're both two very young teams, very fun teams. They're exciting to watch. Will they compete for a division title playoff spot? The only time will tell, but needless to say, they're two very fun teams to watch. Yeah, I totally agree with you with regards to the pitching of the Miami Marlins. If they can get a little bit more hitting, that would be massive for them. And then when it comes to the Mariners, I mean, how good has Logan Gilbert been this season? If Matt Brash is able to look like the guy that we wound up seeing in his first two starts as he has struggled ever since then, that would be big for them. You wound up seeing George Kirby in his first start. He was chucking it, so 
that was very good for them. And a man that always chucks it and always fires strikes on this podcast, that'd be you, Danny. You do an absolutely terrific job with your own podcast, the Wake and Rate podcast. You do tremendous work over there at CBS Sports as well. So love the good people at home. Know what you've all got going on the next few weeks and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. I'll be at Wake and Rate Pod, and then CBSSports.com is where you'll find all the written material for anyone that still reads out there that doesn't just watch TikTok. So uh, I appreciate you having me on, Greg. Always appreciate you, Danny. Danny does absolutely amazing work. Taking a look at the game of baseball. Joins me every few weeks on this podcast and always brings the goods just like he did today. So big thanks to Danny for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time to podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. It is always a pleasure to get Danny Vietti on the podcast. He does amazing work over there at CBS Sports, and he's got a podcast viz on the Wake and Rake podcast. You're able to follow that podcast wherever you find this one, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the list goes on and on. He does incredible work, and it's always great to get him aboard. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRNSquarty1. 
Typically with Las Vegas rotation order, it goes National League games first, then the American League games, and then interleague games are at the bottom, which that's how it winds up working for these. But the two games that wound up getting washed out over the weekend, Rangers, Yankees, and then the Orioles and the Royals, because those are writing games, those are actually going to be at the bottom. So do take note of that, and that's why it's going to be a little bit off kilter today. So we are beginning with 9.51, 9.52 on the main board. The LA Dodgers are going to be in their face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. One Jose Quintana is going to be going for the Buccos. And one Julio Arias is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. The Dodgers, massive favorites here. Anywhere between minus 225 and minus 255. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Pirates, it's anywhere between plus $2 and plus 205. Seven and a half is your total. Unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The overs anywhere between even money and minus 105. I do think that there is a little bit of something to the just Sunday night baseball, a little bit of hangover because the Dodgers wound up partaking in that last night, and now they have to go on the road and face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates in a game that isn't necessarily too late. 3.35 p.m. Pacific time for them, so it's a little bit rough. Now you do have Julio Arias on the mound, the lone 20-game winner in the big leagues last season, and 13 of those wins wound up coming on the road, and you take a look at Mr. Arias, and over the last two seasons, he's had a better road ERA than a home ERA. As last year, 271 road ERA with those 13 wins, giving up 10 bombs at 103 innings, so very rock solid there. And then you take a look at the flip side. They were saying on ESPN it was supposed to be Dylan Peters, but he pitched yesterday, so I'm sure that that is not the case. But with Jose Quitan, who's currently listed up on the betting board, he's been better this season. Ever since he wound up, ironically enough, getting away from Los Angeles, he's been able to lock it in. Two runs or fewer, give it up in four out of his five starts this season. The swing and miss stuff is far from terrific, but 20 punch outs and 24 innings does need to lock down a little bit on the walks. Nine walks and 24 innings, and he is going to be going up against a Dodgers lineup that has a couple struggling bats, but you know that it's still very rock solid. Cody Bellinger just has not been able to find it the last few years in general, but you've got Freddie Freeman hitting well above a 300. Trey Turner down for what is one of the best base dealers in all of baseball. Mookie Betts was able to find himself in that series against the Cubs. Chris Taylor's hitting right around at 275. Kevin Lux at 350 on base. These guys are solid, and then with the Dodgers, one of the best bullpens that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. Even someone like uh, Phil Bickford has been able to do a good job for the team. They now have Tommy Canely back full. Daniel Hudson, you're able to throw in there. Even someone like Reyes Maranta, Craig Kimbrell, all these guys are able to lock it down. But for the Pittsburgh Pirates, every one of their wins has come from a reliever this year. I don't think I've ever seen it happen where you've got 11 wins and they all come from relief pitching. But take a look at what you've been able to get. Someone like Chris Strand has a little bit of higher ERA, but he's able to give you multiple innings. Chase DeYoung, if you need long relief, he's there. David Benar, Anthony Banda, these guys have been able to do a solid job all season long. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, this team needs a little bit more with regards to power, but they've got guys that are able to get on base. Ben Gamble, right around a 363 on base. You've been able to have Michael Chavis, Daniel Vogelback, along Diego Casio, all up between a 243 and a 250. With Vogelback, he's been able to hit a couple bombs this season now. Guys like it, Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Satsugo, they have been struggling a little bit, but for the Pirates, you do have guys that are able to get on base, and I think that this is just a little bit too steep of a price, especially with the Dodgers playing on Sunday Night Baseball and now having to hit the road, and I do think that's going to be a lower-scoring game with the way that the Pirates have been not getting the long ball, but have been pitching. So my total at a 7.2, I'm looking under. And with the Pirates, I think above plus 185 was willing to take a shot. So looking at the Buccos, 953, 954 on the betting board. You got yourself the Milwaukee Brewers, and they're going to be hitting the red face off against the Cincinnati Reds. We are on Cincinnati, and they're on to Luis Castillo getting the start, and Brandon Woodruff is going to be going for the crew. The Reds, 
find themselves anywhere between plus 145 and plus 157 underdogs. And with the Brooker, it's anywhere between minus 165 and minus 171, with 7.5 being your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Here's a way to be able to fade the Cincinnati Reds if you're not looking to lay big money line slash run line prices. Out of their last 12 games, 11 of them have wound up going over the total. And this is because the Reds have a ERA that is right around a full point and a half higher than any other team in the big leagues with regards to their pitching. And their starting pitchers, three points higher than any other staff in baseball. A 671 ERA as a collective for the team. And the starters are north of an eight. It's absolutely insane. Now, Luis Castillo is coming back after he wound up missing the first half of the season. This is going to be a first start coming off the injured list. He did wind up making a couple of rehab stint appearances, so he is someone that is now back and fold a little bit more, but certainly you've got to have your issues there. And then with Brandon Woodruff, wound up having a couple of rough starts to begin the season, but I do think that he's starting to round into form. Guys himself a 3-1 record. Did wind up giving up three runs last time he faced off against the Reds, but also wound up having 12 punch-outs in that start as well for the Reds. All of a sudden, the bats have been able to come alive a little bit more for this team. They have scored at least four runs in each out of their last six games. I do think that the Brewers have a good chance of being able to die that down a little bit more, but with that said, you do have a guy, Brandon Drury, who's been able to go deep five times for the team this season. He's hitting a 275. You've also got back in the fold, perhaps your best hitter in Tyler Stevenson. He's hitting a 283. He's been able to do a good job of going deep. Kyle Moran was able to bust out of his funk yesterday. He's got a pair of home runs. Albert Tamara Jr., along with even the third baseman and Matt Reynolds. They've been able to give the team a little bit more pop. And take a look at the Milwaukee Brewers. And all of a sudden, this team is locked and loaded as they're in the top three in the National League with regards to runs per game. You've got Willie Adamas. It's only hitting right around 230, but a 333 on base. Eight home runs, 22 RBI. Rowdy Tellez, seven bombs. He's hitting right around 250. Christian Yelich, he's starting to pick it up. He's hitting a 250. He's been able to give you 17 RBI on a Renfro. Hasn't necessarily been able to get on base and like the signing from the start. And you do have guys like Casanera, Jace Peters, and Tyrone Taylor that are having a tough time getting on base. But certainly, Brewers have been able to do a very solid job of being able to put back to ball. And a lot of that sums back to their last series against the Cincinnati Reds in which they put up 28 runs in the last two games of that series. This is a Reds bullpen that we're going to call it what it is. Unsightly bad. Hunter Strickland is a little bit over the hill. Tony Santian has not been able to do anything whatsoever for this team. Luis Sessa is someone that I actually do like for this team, but I mean, now Art Warren wound up getting used up for 26 pitches yesterday, and for the Brewers, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, these guys are going to be in the fold for the team, and you are without Jake Cousins right now, but the Brewers, they have a very sizable advantage. I think that the Reds, after they've won two out of their last three games, someone called the papers to be able to get them to 5-23. and 23. They're going to go back to their losing ways. I was willing to lay like a minus 140 on the run line with the Milwaukee Brewers in this spot. There's just no taking the Reds here. I'm seeing the Brewers run line at plus money. I am more than willing to take that. As I said, my total at an 8.3. I think that the overtrain get to continue with the Reds at this total at an 8.3. So looking at a 7.5 over and I'm looking at a Brewers run line. 9.55, 9.56 on the bang board. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be playing OC Miami Marlins. Eliezer Hernandez is going to be going for the Fishies and Humberto Cassianos is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Your total on this game is 8 over and under are both at minus 110 and with the Fishies. You're finding them anywhere between minus 120 minus 125 with the Diamondbacks. It's anywhere between even money and plus 115 and with the Diamondbacks, I wound up setting them at a plus 127. So 
Here at minus 120 to minus 125, it's pretty much a max I'm willing to lay with the Miami Marlins, but I'm going to be willing to lay it with them. The offense has been able to come alive a little bit more for this team, though. I mean, we've got to call what it is. The pitching has been nothing short of supreme for this Miami Marlins team. They wound up giving up a grand total of five runs in their four-game series on the road against the San Diego Padres. Now, last time they wound up facing off against the Snakes, it was a little bit more of an over-series, but you take a look at the Anthony's, Anthony Bass, Anthony Bender. Both of these guys have been terrific out there in the bullpen for this team. Now, both of these guys did wind up getting used up yesterday, but you are going to have Tanner Scott, who's going to be available for this team. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to lock it down all season long. Even someone like a Richard Blyer is able to give you some good innings as well, and you're probably going to not need a ton of relief, as I do think that Eliezer Hernandez is going to be able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball down in this spot. Now, with Eliezer Hernandez, three plus runs given up in four out of his five starts, so that has been an issue, and really the big thing for him limiting the deep ball. Seven home runs given up in 24 and a third innings. That's been his main kryptonite as gives up right around three walks per nine innings. He gets just under nine strikeouts per nine innings, but that long ball has really been a little bit of a killer for him. And then you do take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of Umberto Cassianos. And it's been a little bit up and down for him. And the reason why it's been up and down for him is that he wound up beginning the year as a reliever. Now he's getting thrown into the starting rotation, so he's not fully stretched out. He's never really had that set roll with the seam. As a result, he finds himself right now with a 412 ERA. Not too much. He's swinging miss guy, giving up right around three and a half walks per nine innings. Last time he faced off against a fish, actually a very good start. Five and two thirds innings scoreless, but start before that against St. Louis. Gave up five runs to two innings. He's a little bit all over the place, and when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen, it is one of the lesser ones out there in the big leagues. We wound up seeing Mark Blanton just upchuck all over his shoes a few days ago. Joe Manette typically wound up getting used up the last two days, so that is a little bit of an issue for this team. Noah Ramirez wound up having to come out of the bullpen yesterday as well. I do like what you're able to get out of J.B. Wendelkin, but the problem is he's on the injured list right now. Kyle Nelson, I think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with them. And then with the Miami Marlins, I do think that Asus Aguiar is really starting to come to the forefront for this team. Someone who was towards the top of the National League with regards to total RBI last season. He's hitting at 275. Jazz Chislam, he's hitting above a 300. He, along with Asus Sanchez, have a combined seven home runs this season. Sanchez has seen a little bit of a falloff with regards to his offense, but certainly has been able to do a little bit more for this team. Joey Wendell, Brian De La Cruz, both of these guys are hitting a 270, so Got to give them a lot of credit for what they've been able to do. Heck, even Garrett Cooper. He's got himself a 360 on base. So I do like what they are able to bring to the table for this team. Big question for Miami is, are they going to be able to get up off the mat after they wound up losing to the San Diego Padres? Because I had said that they had given up a combined five runs in that series. Well, that was before the walk-off home run that the San Diego Padres wound up hitting as I was doing this broadcast. So, I mean, that is not necessarily too terrific there. But I do think that they are going to be able to do so. I think that you're looking at two teams that are sort of trending upward. And I think that in a situation which you do have two teams that pitch very well, but I mean, we're going to call it what it is, Cassianos, Hernandez. These are guys at the back half of the rotation, pair of guys that wind up giving up hard contact that it is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.2. So here at the 8, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Both of these guys do have some good and bad tendencies as pitchers, but I would rather invest a little bit more in the Miami Marlins of what they've got around Hernandez. So one to lay up to a minus 127 with a fish. So taking the Marlins and taking the over. We move on to 9.57, 9.58 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs, and they're going to be in the red face off against the Slam Diego Padres as 
Mackenzie Gore is going to be going for the Padres. The Professor, Kyle Hendricks, is going to be going for the Cubs. Currently, we've got no numbers up on this game, but with that said, I did wind up making the Padres a minus 180 favorite in this game, and I did wind up saying my total at a 7.4, so a 7 or less, I'm going to be looking at an over, a 7.5 or higher. I'm going to be taking a look at the under with Mackenzie Gore. This guy has been absolutely amazing. To begin his MLB career, a lot of people have been buzzing about him, and so rightfully so with him. He's got a sub-2 ERA to this point. You take a look at the swing and miss stuff that he's able to provide, and it is absolutely just unconscious. I mean, 2-0 record, 171 ERA in four starts, 22 strikeouts in 21 innings. He has given up a couple too many walks with nine walks, but still is able to lock it in. And then for Kyle Hendricks, he's got an ERA that's right around 1.3 points higher for his career on the road rather than at home. And just hasn't gotten off to a great start this year. 564 ERA. He's given up five home runs in his last two starts. And one of those starts is while the wind was blowing in in Wrigley Field. So that's a little bit of an issue. The 12 walks and 30 and a third innings. That's not very much like the professor. And for the Padres, this is a team that's riding high. As I touched upon it in my last breakdown, they wound up having that nice walk-off home run against the Miami Marlins after they had been getting nothing going whatsoever from Jorge Alfaro, which man, should be able to help them out a little bit more moving forward because you do have a couple of struggling bats. Austin Supernola, Drixon Profar, Trent Grisham, CJ Abrams, all these guys are hitting a 200 or lower. Awesome Kim has been in a little bit of a funk, but Manny Machado, he's hitting a 385. He's been able to go yard a lot. Eric Hosmer, he's been able to hit a 350 as well. So these guys have really been the linchpins towards the middle of the lineup for the Padres. You got yourself a very good bullpen as well. And the Bell Crisman is able to come in time and time again and give you multiple innings. You've been able to get some very good performances recently out of, I guess you'd call them some of the unsung guys. You wind up signing Taylor Rogers in the offseason, but Steven Wilson has been able to help get the ball to him as well. And then you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of the Chicago Cubs team. And they wound up having to play a doubleheader a couple days ago. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the fact that you do wind up having sort of that swing where you have to go from Sunday Night Baseball and now you have to travel out west. So that's not necessarily too terrific. You'd expect to get a little bit more length out of someone like a Marcus Stroman rather than Justin Steele as well. So that means that Scott Efrost is probably going to need to pitch in this game. Sean Newcomb, it's going to be all hands on deck for them. And for the Cubs, it's a team in which if you take a look at the raw offensive numbers, they're not necessarily too bad, but they're sort of inflated by that 21-run game that they wound up having against Pirates a little bit earlier in the season. Ian Happ, he has nearly a 400 on base. He's been solid. C.A. Suzuki still sitting on four home runs after he was there, like in the first two weeks of the season. Nico Horner and Jonathan Villar have been able to get on base. VR is hitting right around 250. Horner more around to 290. So these guys have been relatively solid. But that said, I do think that the Cubs should be a pretty sizable underdog in this spot. And if you're looking at the run line as well, a plus 110 or greater laying a run and a half with the uh, Padres would be something that appeals to me as I set them at a minus 180 on the money line and make my total 7.4. So a 7.5 or higher looking under 7 or less to the over as we move on to 959-960 on the betting board. The Colorado Rockies hit the road face off against the San Francisco Giants. Carlos Rodan is going to be going for the Giants. And Austin Gomber is going to be on the bump for Colorado. 6.5 is your total. Over is minus 120. The under is even with the Giants. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 190 and plus 205. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Yantes, is anywhere between minus 225 and minus 235. Oswald take the Rockies at anything north of about a plus 190 or so. Now that we've seen $2 show up, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. I feel like the Giants are now all of a sudden starting to get overrated after all last year. They were completely underrated. And, and for Carlos Rodon, this guy has been lights out. 
buck 55 ERA, 41 strikeouts at 29 innings, but he always needs to have his starts pushed back a little bit. He's always dealt with a couple of injuries, and sometimes that could throw you off kilter a little bit, and for Austin Gomber, no question, this is someone that has been significantly better throughout his career in Colorado at home rather than on the road, but that's reversed itself this season. Three starts on the road, 270 ERA, three walks and one home run given up in 16 and two-thirds innings. He has been very good away from course. Now, this is a Rockies team that they do wind up seeing their offense suffer a little bit more when they wind up going on the road. You just take a look at what they've been able to do away from Coors Field this season. They're hitting as a collective right around 230. That's north of a 280 when they are at home. 10 home runs hit over the course of 11 games when they're on the road, so that is a little bit of an issue. Someone like a Connor Joe is hitting at 275. He's hitting a 208 on the road, but Jose Iglesias, offseason acquisition, he's hitting nearly a 400 on the road. Randall Gritchick has been able to hit a 265, so he has been saw. Ryan McMahon has been able to get on base for you, and you do take a look at the bullpen of the Colorado Rockies, and it has been a little bit rough, but it has been a little bit better this year. Daniel Bard, who was terrible on the road last season, he's been able to come through in some big spots for this team. I do like what I've seen out of Justin Lawrence. He, Tyler Kinley, have been able to have a sub-2 ERA on the road, so that has been very helpful. And then you do take a look at the Giants, and it's a bullpen that has been struggling a little bit. Last year, they wound up having the only bullpen that wound up posting up a sub-3 ERA for the entirety of the season. They had to use up Dominic Leon, Zach Liddell, John Breba, and Camilo Duvall, all for at least 14 pitches. Yesterday, Jake McGee currently has a north of 7 ERA for the team, so that's a little bit of an issue. And with the Giants, it's been a team that has not necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job of being able to get on base. So, good news for them. Mikey Stremski, 370 on base, 295 batting average. He's out back at the fold for the team. You got Jack Peterson, who's been able to give the team six home runs. He's hitting at 260. Darren Ruff is finally above the Mendoza line of 209. Got quite a few guys in between, I would say, about a 250 to a 270. Wilmer Flores, Lamonte Wade is back at the fold. Austin Slater, so reinforcements are back for the Giants. So that is going to be big, and I do think that the Giants should be a relatively big favorite, but now that we've gotten to $2, it's just gotten up a little bit too lofty, and these 6 halves, I think they've went a little bit too low with regards to the total. I did wind up saying my total had a 7.3. I think that Rodon is going to be able to give a solid start, but it's probably only going to be able to go 5 or 6 innings, and this is a Giants bullpen that is rather vulnerable, so I'm going to be willing to take the plus price here with Colorado, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as we go to 961-962 on the banking board. The Detroit Tigers are going to be playing host to the Oakland A's. You've got Bob Blackburn, who's walking the plank for the Oakland A's. Meanwhile, Michael Pineda hopes to not be Michael Pineda for the Detroit Tigers. You've got a total on this game of 7, and the over and the under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. If you're looking at the underdog in this spot of the Oakland A's, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 110 and plus 120. Meanwhile, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 128 and minus 135 on the Tigers, and with the Tigres, I wound up setting them as a minus 143 favorite, so I'm going to be looking to lay it here. When it comes to Michael Pineda, he's been giving up a little bit more hard contact in the last two seasons than he did a few seasons ago, but still has been rather solid for this team. I do think that he's going to be able to do a nice job of just being able to limit the walks as well. A big thing for him is that over the last two and a half years, he's been giving up right around 2.2, 2.3 walks for nine innings, so I do think that that is going to be able to pay some dividends in this spot. And then you take a look at Paul Blackburn, and he wound up having a career ERA coming into this year that was north of a five, and he has been able to lock in a little bit more this year. For an Oakland A's team that, by and large, they've been able to do a solid job of being able to pitch, but the one issue that you do wind up having for this team is that you've also got yourself a little bit of a situation which you've got no offense whatsoever. You take a look at this Oakland A's team and boy oh boy they have scored three runs or fewer and I believe now 12 out of their last 15 games so it has been a hot mess. You just take a look at the guys that wound up getting in at bat on Saturday. You wound up having two guys that 
when it was all said and done, we're hitting above a 270 team. Sheldon Noisy is hitting a 300 giant Pinder. He's hitting a 271. And for Pinder, he's been able to give the team three home runs. Steven Piscotti has been in and out of the fold whenever he's been out there. I mean, his 225 batting average is third best of anyone that's gotten a single at bat on the team. And then you do take a look at this Oakland A's bullpen. Not necessarily so great. Zach Jackson is someone that has been very up and down for this team. He's posting up right around 475 ERA. I do like what you're able to get out of Danny Jimenez, but Adam Klarik has been a little bit shaky. AJ Puck has been actually very good for this team, but Luke Trevino ever since coming off the injured list, he's been a mess in the Detroit Tigers. They've got the number one bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. Gregory Soto, Will Vest, both of these guys have been able to do a solid job. Andrew Chafin is now off the injured list. He's able to give you good innings. Heck, Drew Hutchinson is someone that's able to be a multi-inning guy for the Detroit Tigers. The power has certainly not been there for this team. Spencer Turkelson is three home runs. It's currently leading the way for this team, but you do have guys that are able to get on base for this team. You're going to need to get a little bit more out of guys like Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, throwing their Akil Badu as well. All these guys are hitting a 200 or lower, and Spencer Torkelson, you're able to throw in there as well. But Robbie Grossman, you're able to throw in there. Derek Hill, Miguel Cabrera, they're in between a 250 to a 265. Javi Baez, he last year was one of the best hitters in all of baseball in the month of September. He's right around 240. He's got some pop and bat, so I do think that there's a promise there. I did wind up making my line minus 143 here on the Detroit Tigers, so I'm going to be willing to lay it here. Also, did wind up saying my total is 6.8. It's just been really, really bad with regards to the offense that you've been able to get with the Oakland A's over the last few weeks. They have been by far the worst offensive team out there in all of baseball and with the Detroit Tigers. They themselves are currently the last in the major leagues with regards to home runs and so rather chilly out there in Detroit this time of year. So even at the 7, I'm going to be taking a look at the under and with the Detroit Tigers 1 delay up to a minus 143. 963, 964 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Cleveland Guardians hitting the red face off against the Chicago White Sox. Michael Kopech is going to be going for the White Sox and Zach Plesak is going to be going for the Guardians. Guardians to find themselves in between plus 155 and plus 160. Meanwhile, when it comes to the White Sox, it's saying between minus 170 and minus 187.5 is your total. The under is minus 120, and the over is even. Zach Plesak, very good at not giving out too many cheap free passes, gives out a little bit over two walks per nine innings, so does a nice job of being able to hold down the fourth there, but with that said, he's going up against Michael Kopech, who probably is only going to be able to go five or so innings, but so much more of a swing and miss guy than Zach Plesak. I needed at least a plus 176 to be able to take a shot here on the Guardians. We currently are not there, and when it comes to the run line, find that at a plus 125 with regards to the Chicago White Sox, so that's actually where I'm going to be looking in this spot, because I was willing to take them as long as I was getting pretty much any sort of a plus price with the White Sox. It is a bunch in which it's starting to round into form with this team. At this time last week, they were staring at a record of 9-13. and Now, all of a sudden, they're 14-13, and going on a five-game win streak. Kopech has been amazing this year, 117 ERA. 23 innings, 23 strikeouts. Walks are a little bit high at 11. That's something that you won't get out of Plesak, but Plesak has given up four home runs. Kopech, he has given up zero. And for the White Sox, the offense is starting to round into form a little bit. Tim Anderson has done a very good job of being able to get on base for the team. Hitting above a 3 and Ronald King a day off yesterday, but should be back in the lineup for this one. Luis Robert, he's been able to hit a 275 for this team. Jose Abreu, he's now got a 325-ish on base. He's starting to pick it up. Lori Garcia, Gavin Sheets, Reese McGuire, even someone like Josh Harrison. These guys hitting a 210 or lower. That's been a little bit of an issue, but they've been able to pick it up recently, even Yasmani Grandal. And for the White Sox, it has been a 
little bit shaky with regards to the bullpen this season, but Liam Hendricks, after he was a little bit banged up to begin the season, looks like he's rounding back into form. You've got Kendall Graveman, who's going to be available in this game. Even something like an Jose Ruiz, who I really do like. He's got a 261 ERA this season. He was used yesterday, but only for seven pitches, so he could conceivably come back in this game. And then you take a look at the flip side for the Guardians, and I do like this bullpen as well. Trevor Seaman has been lights out for this team going into the weekend. I'd yet to give up an earned run all season. Emmanuel Classe has been able to give you some very good innings. Someone like a Nick Samlin, who's been a little bit up and down. He's still able to give you some solid innings. And for the Guardians, this has been a team that has been able to do a very solid job of being able to put bat to ball. They were able to take the final two games of their series against the Blue Jays. And you've still got Stephen Kwan inning above a 300, along with Owen Miller, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez. All these guys have been rock solid for the team. And then you've got Jose Ramirez. He has been amazing with 30 RBI. That currently leads the league. Been able to give you some nice power. Miles Straw, one of the best base dealers out there in baseball. He's got a 365 on base. So that has been nice for this team as well. I take a look at the Guardians and what you're able to get in. It is relatively solid with regards to the offense. So I do think that they're going to be able to get to go back a little bit, but I really like the way that he is rounding into form. It's a White Sox team that it feels like they're starting to get things figured out. So I'm going to be willing to take them on the run line because I do think that the White Sox are going to be able to do a good job of being able to get to Pleasac in this spot. Did wind up saying my total at a 7.8. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over and with the White Sox, we'll have to take that plus price on the run line as I think that they should be able to get to Pleasac, be able to get some good hard contact off of them. 965, 966 on the betting board. You've got the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're going to be hitting the road to face off against the LA Angels. Noah Thor Syndergaard is going to be going for the Angels, and the reason why this game is presently off the board is that for the Tampa Bay Rays, it reads to be determined. Now, ESPN is telling me that it is Corey Kluber. Now, keep in mind, this is ESPN. This is not necessarily the official betting board, so take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, and if it does wind up being Corey Kluber against Othor Syndergaard, wind up saying the Angels at a minus 130 and made by a total 8.2, so an 8 or less, I'd be looking over 8.5 or higher. I would be taking a look at the under because with Corey Kluber, he's mainly doing a relatively solid job this year, giving up 7 runs over the course of his 5 starts, which bans 26.2 innings, and really after last year, he gave up quite a few free passes. He's been able to keep the walks down, 6 walks in 26 and 2 thirds innings, but you also take a look at the resurgence of Othor Syndergaard Five walks and one home run given up in 24 innings this season. 263 ERA. Swing and miss stuff. It has certainly been a little bit down for him, but LA, it is a little bit more pitcher friendly during the nighttime, so that'll keep the ball in the yard for him. He's given up two runs over the course of his two home starts thus far this season. And when it comes to the LA Angels, they were able to have a nice comeback win yesterday, and they were able to save quite a few of their bullpen pieces. Rossio Iglesias along with Ryan Tapera, and you're able to throw in there Aaron Loop, all guys that did not wind up pitching yesterday, so that is very beneficial for this team. You've had Mike Trout be able to do a nice job getting on base, hitting above a 300, 430 on base. He's been able to slug out six home runs, but somehow, some way, Taylor Ward, he's also got six home runs, and has actually been able to do a better job of being able to get on base for this team, hitting right around a 365, and then Joe Adele has been a little bit banged up, but Brandon Marsh is hitting right around 250, so I like what he's been able to bring to the table for this team. Got someone like a Taylor Wade who's been able to do a solid job as well, so I do take a look at the Angels, and I do think that they're in good footing with that regard, and for the Tampa Bay Rays, they were able to bust out a little bit more in their series with the Seattle Mariners with regards to the bats, being able to score four-plus runs in three out of those four contests, as you had Brandon Lau be able to have a multi-home run game on Saturday. That's a good sign for the team, as you've got Francisco Mejia, Manuel Margot, 
Franco, Wander Franco, along with G-Man Choi, all adding above a 300 for the team. Heck, even Harold Ramirez. It's been a way to 300. It's been a little bit hit or miss because got guys like Kevin Kiermaier, Taylor Walls. These guys have been down a little bit more this season, but Randy Arena seems to be busting out a little bit as well. So I do think that you're going to see a little bit of scoring, like I said, with the Angels willing to make them a minus-130 favorite with having all their good bullets out there in the bullpen after the race. They did wind up having to use up Andrew Kittrich. They wind up having to use up Matt Weisler, Jason Adam, and they still have guys like J.P. Fireeyes and a company out there in the bullpen, but I do like the Angels in the spot set them as a minus-130 favorite, assuming that it is going to be Kluber against Syndergaard as well, making my total 8.2, so an 8 or lower looking over in Afriar to the under. 967-968 on the bang board. The Philadelphia Phillies, the third face up against the Seattle Mariners. Chris Flexen is going to be going for the Mariners, and one of Rangers Suarez is going to be on the bump for Philadelphia. Your total on scheme is 7.5. The under is finding itself at minus 115, and the over is minus 105. And then with the Seattle Mariners, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 112 and minus 115. Meanwhile, with the Phillies, anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105 is your price. And with the Philadelphia Phillies, I did wind up setting them at a minus 112. Rangers Suarez has had a little bit of a tough year thus far, but I would argue that he's been just getting really unlucky. He wound up being the pitcher on the mound for the Alec Bohm three-error game. And then Alec Bohm wound up committing a really bad error in his last start as well. So Alec Bohm uh, right now is on the sky a couple nice steak dinners as he's currently got a 463 RA, giving up four home runs to 23 in the third innings of the 10 walks. That's a little bit high, but you take a look at Chris Flexen and he's had his ups and his downs as well. 29 innings, nine walks isn't necessarily overly high, but for the way that he winds up giving up contact in general, that is tough because 17 punch outs of 29 innings just not necessarily getting the job done. Now you take a look at Chris Flexen and throughout his time with the Seattle Mariners, he has been significantly better at home than he has been on the road. 323 ERA at home compared to a 406 on the road last season. But I also take a look at the Seattle Mariners and it is a bunch in which they've been struggling a little bit more with the bullpen. Drew Second Rider has shown just some shakiness in general over the last few days, and he wound up getting used up yesterday. Eric Swanson was used up for 22 pitches. You wound up having Paul Seawald come out of the bullpen in back-to-back days as well, so that is a little bit of an issue when it comes to this Mariners team. Diego Castillo has had his ups and his downs. I do like Anthony Machevich, and then you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners with regards to their lineup, and you've got Julio Rodriguez who's starting to come to the forefront after he got a little bit unlucky to begin the season, has been able to hit for right around at 235 for the team, so he's been able to give you a little bit of production on that front, but Abraham Toro, Jesse Winker, Lewis Torrens, you're able to throw in there Jared Kelnick, all guys hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200, and Eugenio Suarez barely above that. He's been able to give you a little bit of power, and then Ty France sitting at 320 with 22 RBI. That has been rock solid for the scene, but you've also got some matchers when it comes to Philadelphia Phillies. as Kyle Schwarber, not necessarily hitting for a lot of average, but seven home runs thus far this season. Bryce Harper has been able to pick it up. He's now got six home runs. He's hitting at 250 for this team, and you've been able to get some good production on the bottom of the lineup. Juan Camargo has been able to do a nice job but be able to get on base. Roman Quinn is Roman Quinn, so that's not necessarily too much of a surprise, but Mean Gene Segura is hitting at 285. Nick Cassianos, he's hitting at 295. Alec Bohm is hitting above the 300. Glove is still very questionable with him, but the bat itself has been relatively solid. Now, when it comes to Philadelphia Phillies, keep caution of the bullpen, because even though they wound up adding Corey Knable, Tristan Familia, and Brad Hand in the offseason, it's still been a horse of beast situation. We all saw that when they wound up blowing that six-run lead against the Mets with guys like James Norwood, Anthony Dominguez, and Andrew Bellotti and company, so that's a little bit of an issue, but I do think that Ranger Suarez is going to be able to give a good start in this spot. Did wind up saying the Phillies as a minus 112 favorite, so I'm willing to take them, and I did wind up saying my total at a 7.6, so seeing the 7.5 available to me, I'm willing to take that over, and I'm willing to lay a very small price here 
with the Philadelphia Phillies as we move on to 969-970 on the bang board. The Walker Texas Rangers going to be in the road to face off against the New York Yankees. One, Nestor Cortez is going to be going for the Yankees and 55 Shades of John Gray is going to be on the bump for Texas. Texas is back to being a big giant underdog. Find them anywhere to you, plus 180 and plus 185. Meanwhile, with the Yankees, they are one of the biggest favorites on the board, as you are finding them anywhere between a minus 201 and a minus 220. 70s, your total unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The overs anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to Nestor Cortez and company, I do feel like the Yankees should be a sizable favorite. Set them at a minus 228 on the money line. And if you're looking at the run line being able to reduce the juice, you're finding this anywhere between a plus 105 to a plus 110, which makes a little bit of sense considering how low the total is. But I don't think that the total Total should be this low. I wound up setting it a little bit north of eight, so I'm gonna take the over here on a seven, even a seven and a half as well. And when it comes to the Yankees, I was willing to lay a relatively solid number on the run line, so I'm looking run line and I'm looking over because with Nestor Cortez, he has been able to do an absolutely amazing job of being able to get swings and misses all season long. You take a look at what he's been able to do, and it has been very cycling. It's not that he's overpowering guys or anything like that, but in 24 and two-thirds innings, 31 strikeouts, buck 82 ERA, has always been a little bit better at Yankee Stadium rather than on the road. You take a look at it this year, it's been relatively equal, but during that 2021 campaign, 253 ERA at home, 328 on the road. Gave up seven home runs over the course of 46 and a third innings at home, which is a little bit of an issue, but still was able to do a great job with deception. And one thing that he also does as well, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. Right around 2.3, 2.4 walks per nine innings. And then with John Gray, it's a case in which this guy, when he was away from Coors Field last year, just could not pitch to save his life. And you got to fear that that might be the case once again this season as he's only made three starts. He is currently posting up a 7.50 ERA. And you just go back to the 2021 season where we've got a little bit more of a sample size. When he was away from Coors Field, 5.22 ERA, 4.02 ERA at home. Gave up just nine home runs at 70 and two-thirds innings while on the road. But opponents hit a 2.85 off of him. His walks per nine rate was north of three. And when it comes to the Texas Rangers, you actually do have a little bit of promise with the lineup. We wound up seeing that in game two of their double dip yesterday. You've got Corey Seager, who's been able to do a solid job for this team. He's hitting right around at 240-ish. Has been able to give a little bit of pop in the bat. You've had Brad Miller be able to give the team three home runs, but I believe that two of those came in the team's first game of the season, so that's a little bit of an issue. And you've had a couple struggling bats with Marcus Simeon, Adolis Garcia, Miller, I mentioned a little bit earlier, both Willie and Kukaloon hitting a 220 or lower, so that's been an issue, but Jonah Heim has been with about a 351, and this Yankees team has been the top-scoring team out there in the American League. You take a look at what you're able to get out of John Carlos saying Game 2 of that doubleheader, Ryan's getting home run number 6 of the season, aiming a 265 for the team. Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo. These guys have been absolute mashers for the team as they entered into the double dip on Sunday, both having hit nine home runs this season. Claybor Torres, he's been with multiple home runs over the last eight days. He's starting to come to the forefront for this team. Aaron X, he's got right around a 370 on base. Now, the country spot in general has been a little bit rough, but you certainly have had some good bats there. And for the Yankees, one of the best bullpens that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. You've been able to get Chad Green really going for this team. Jonathan Lewiska, other than that, bad weekend series they wound up having against the Orioles a few weeks ago. He's been solid. Now, Michael King wound up getting used up along with Wandy Peralta in Game 2 of the doubleheader, but many of these guys should be able to come out and give a good performance. And for the Texas Rangers, this has been a relatively below-average bullpen this season. Matt, give me some more, I think, is doing for quite a bit of regression. Matt Bush wound up getting used up along with John King yesterday, so that leaves you in a little bit of a horse apiece situation. Joe Barlow might be able to come back and pitch in this one, but I do think that John Gray is going to be out there on a little bit of an island. I do think that with bullpen 
bullpen use in general yesterday, you are going to see a little bit more scoring in this game. So I did wind up saying my total at an 8.4. So I ain't up to an 8. I'm willing to take it over. And with the Yankees looking at them on the run line, I'd be willing to lay actually up to about a minus 130 on their run line as we wrap things up with 971, 972 on the betting board. And this is a DK Nation pick as we've got the Kansas City Royals and they're going to be in the road face off against the Baltimore Orioles. Tyler Wells is going to be going for the Royals and one Carlos Hernandez is going to be on the bump for the Royals. Seven and a half is your total over and under both at minus 110 with the Orioles. You're finding them at pretty much a minus 125 across the board. Meanwhile, with the Royals, the same word team plus 105 at plus 115 across the board. And DK Nation pick is going to be on those Royals because I did wind up saying them as a favorite in this spot. You take a look at the way that Carlos Hernandez wound up pitching on the road last season, and he was absolutely light. So he wound up having a ERA that was a full two points lower on the road than it was at home, right around a 4-8-ish ERA at home, more like a 2-6 on the road. So he was able to do a very good job on that front, and you've got a guy in Tether Wells that wound up beginning his career coming out of the bullpen, and he has a start for the Orioles. Hasn't necessarily impressed me. 18 innings, has given up four walks, three home runs. Swing and miss stuff is not necessarily there. Given up nine hits per nine innings. He's went five starts and has not went north of five innings in any of those. No more than four strikeouts in any of those starts as well. And this is an Orioles bullpen that, because of the double dip yesterday, they're a little bit taxed with regards to their bullpen. Now, truth be told, it's the case for both of these teams. It's still in Coleman, Joel Payampas. They wanted to have to get into game two of that double dip yesterday for the Kansas City Royals, so that is a little bit of an issue. Josh Shamon, you got to figure, might need to pitch once again here today. Amir Garrett and Taylor Clark are guys that you're probably going to be taking a look at to come out and for the Baltimore Orioles, you were able to get some good length out of Bruce Zimmerman in game number two. After game number one, you wound up having to throw Ore Lopez for a little bit. So, you know, Perez wound up having to throw 19-plus pitches. And you did take a look at this Orioles team, and they're starting to pick it up with regards to the average. As Cedric Mullins, Trey Boo Boo Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, your guys that wound up having 20-plus home runs last season, they're starting to return to form. All these guys have been able to do a solid job now hitting at least a 250 for all three. And also, this A is good. He's hitting above a 300 as well, but the bottom of the line. Anthony Benboom, Robinson Chirinos, Calvin Gutierrez, Chris Owings, Tyler Nevin, who have been really struggling for the team, hitting below a 200 or lower, have a tough of them for the Kansas City Royals. You just need to be able to get more at the top of the lineup as Whit Merrifield has been awful for this team. He, along with Salvador Perez, hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. That's a little bit of an issue. Now, Bobby Witt Jr. is starting to pick it up. And you've had Ed Alvarez along with Andrew Benatendi, both hitting above a 300 for Benatendi. He's hitting more like a 350. That has been rock solid. And for the Royals, not necessarily a lot of hurt contact from the scene, but I do think that you're going to be able to see a little bit more of a resurgence as Kyle Isbell winds up getting more at-bats for the scene. So I do think that the Royals are going to be able to hold it down. I think that they're going to be able to just improve their bullpen ERA that was in the bottom five in the big leagues coming into this week, and as they've actually got a relatively solid bullpen, so I wound up saying the Royals as a favorite in the spot. That is the DK Nation pick. Them on the money line, and when it comes to Soto, I think that we went a little bit too low, even with the change around dimensions out there at Camden Yards at my total at an 8.3, so looking over, DK Nation pick on the Royals on the money line, and that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. A big thanks to Danny Vietti of CBS Sports for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. 
First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, Arable Fire, whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.